Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Ancient World, a podcast with Greek myth and philosophy, symbolic readings of the biblical stories, the Roman Empire, and the renewal and rebirth of the Florentine Renaissance. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what is sometimes called the mystical age, or the, the period between very roughly 500 to 11, 1200s, uh, as this kind of bulk of history that is after the church founders, but it's also before Aquinas and Dante. Uh, so we're going to open up this as a topic. But first, we have a bit of housekeeping. Uh, the first big news is that we are now announcing our new morning show. So we have an extra podcast, a companion podcast, which is called Ancient World Morning Show. Uh, we're going to put a link in the description. Uh, and we're doing now every morning uh, five minutes, and we are doing a little walkthrough of Dante's Purgatory. So this is more just a like picking out some highlights and some inspiration and inputs for thought. And uh, we're going to do more or less everyday with Dante, but also some other things and uh, some news and uh, things we read for inspiration and for just having a, a good morning with a good cup of coffee. And just to recap, we're now at then, we've done five chapters of the Purgatory. So it's uh, it's just a nice reminder that the second book is about rebirth, it's about renewal. It's very hopeful and uh, kind of, you have lots of visual beauty. There are this brightening of the mood in, in so many different aspects of the storytelling from Dante and so much more humor. So it's, uh, it's a joy to go through it again. And uh, especially just the beginning with K meeting Cato, which is very funny <laughs> and uh, and and uh, like the first boat coming with a, with an angel and then the, the sunrise and and then how it describes nature and this little miracle in the beginning when they when Cato tells Virgil to to have put a, take pull up a reed and put it in on uh, the waist of of Dante as a symbol of humility but then when Virgil pulls up the reed like as it's quoted as a miracle there's a new immediately a new reed has grown up which is the whole. Uh, renewal and transformation and just rebirth organically but also spiritually for Dante and for the story and and then to some extent when we, re we read it as well so uh, hope some of you would like to follow the morning show as well uh, for other people that we've been working with lately and we had on this podcast so uh, Sean has made a one new video about the great flood and updated the front page on the YouTube channel it looks really great so that's also a great 
place to get some inspiration and uh, some nice learning about <laughs> mythology. Um, and then Greg from Exiting the Cave, who's also been on this podcast a few times, he has started a new Boethius series, like 10, 20 minutes, reading from Boethius, The Consolation of Philosophy, on his local locals community. And then uh, Dr. Scheffler, Dan Scheffler, is, he has some plans and some announcements coming in the coming month or two about new projects, so we're following that as well. And finally, we also have updated our Patreon a little bit, so those of you who want to join in and get a bit more, uh, some extra podcasts and join in the community for conversations, you can just go to patreon.com slash ancientworld. Okay, so now for the book we're going to talk about today. It's a great book. It's called Late Medieval Mysticism. It's written by Ray C. Petrie. And this book is a great... It gives a great framing to look at this era, which is called more like the mystical or, or like the mysticism age. Um, it op- we, we touched on this several times. So one of the... You have many big names in this. Dionysius is one of the biggest ones. Saint Bernard is also a very big one. We're going to put in just two quotes from Bernard here. One is a short one. It's really nice. So he says, You will find something more in woods than in books. Trees and stones will teach you that which you can never learn from masters. So it's a part of this uh, love of nature and the more simple life and then how that could also be a portal or an opening or a connection to something more spiritual or more divine or something more deeper and just like a natural in the sense that you're also in nature, but it's a, it's, it's a place for contemplation and a, and a deeper sense of, of being also. And another quote from him that we had on the morning show <laughs> this, uh, this morning is, um, is, is both profound and it's also a, a practical advice. And the quote is this. The man who is wise, therefore, will see his life as more like a reservoir than a canal. The canal simultaneously pours out what it receives. The reservoir retains the water till it is filled, then discharges the overflow without loss to itself. Today, there are many in the church who act like canals. The reservoirs are far too rare. You too must learn to await this fullness before pouring out your gifts. Do not try to be more generous than the divine. So this is from the On the Song of Songs by Bernard of Clairvaux, who is the the mystic at the end of the paradise, the last three cantos. So then continuing with um, the book, The Late Medieval Mysticism, it has a nice introduction because it explains uh, an important point. That mysticism is means more things today than it did in this period from the five to twelve hundreds. At that time, it was more uh, the, the term they used. The terminology was more about contemplation and the contemplative life than the mystical life. So it's important to have this like as a background, and then. Uh, also like how yeah, how the contemplative life is the overall theme and more kind of what they were thinking or how they use the word. It's also, 
if if for those who listen to the last season and then when Dante comes to the sphere of the contemplatives and with the ladder as a symbol and how the monasteries are these kind of glowing and burning spiritual places where people <laughs> create this connection to the transcendent and to this 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 glowing energy of the of the, what is beyond and then and expand their spiritual understanding as well as the intellectual and the rational understanding uh, this is this is becoming more clear if if as we now are looking into this period between the church founders and the scholastic movement so there are uh, several quotes here from the book just want to mention a few of them so they are underlining here that the mystics were quite understandably to be found therefore among the ascetics and in the monasteries and then also the end or the the objective that they're trying to work towards is quote this end is the vision of god that is communion with the divine which is also described in the last tercet of the paradise when the person is it's like his mind is dissolving into becoming the whole of the universe or then like the total unity of with the divine and a final point here which is, is interesting is that they're drawing the lines from the earliest greeks and it's very interesting to think of for example plato as <laughs> more of a mystic or a spiritual contemplative person than as a philosopher in the way that philosophy is often portrayed today as more like a like analytical rational logic uh, approach to understanding the world the, the greeks had a much more broader understanding of what philosophy was and and a philosopher was also much more of a of a balanced um, thinker between the rational and also the spiritual so a few quotes from or about plato is this that when Plato talks about the soul, so he's, Plato says that the soul, quote, having lived before its temporal birth in the presence of pure being and the contemplation of eternal unchanging reality, the soul still possesses the power to recognize and apprehend this true reality. And true knowledge finds its object not in visible things, in their constitutive elements or in their ordering, but in the invisible world of essences. The soul, having pre-existently beheld the true being and absolute truth, now seeks to regain this vision. To that end, sense passions must be abased with the aid of reason. And then the soul finally looks upon the good itself in its very essence, over and beyond its reflections, in the natural phenomena so this is the, the the world of forms that is very much kind of the, the the center of plato's thinking is in some ways by its nature a, a more of a a mystical spiritual construct or experience or or a, or a, a, a state of your mind and your soul so he concludes this part with Plato saying, however unsynthesized and ambiguous the mystical and the more learned aspects of Plato may be, these qualities are not opposed. It is in the mystical Plato that Plato the scholar finds his light. And then we're going to have just two more, but Aristotle and also 
one of our big favorites, Dionysius. So with Aristotle, he says that Aristotle generally think of the perfect man as being concerned contemplatively with metaphysical matters while giving actively to practical issues. So this Aristotle is concerned about the practical, but he is also acknowledging the metaphysical and also in the book Metaphysics, the reality of the metaphysical, which is then one place that could overlap with a more mystical, contemplative, spiritual way of, of thinking about the world. And then we're just going to jump to Dionysius, the Arepogite. So he is around the year 500. And it opens here with, to exaggerate the role of Dionysius the Arepogite in medieval mysticism would be difficult indeed. True mysticism focuses the mysterious decoding of the Christian allegories to the angels know so well. Sorry, that the angels know so well. Through the angelic uh, beings and in the line of proper ecclesiastical tradition, we may come to know the allegories also. So this is super interesting, both because it's more, it's emphasizing the allegories and also we've been talking and reflecting on the, the nine levels of angelical beings, what it means, yeah, like the angels, the archangels, like the messengers and the source of the messengers uh, at the two lowest levels and at the top, especially the two top levels of knowledge and love or streams of knowledge and pure love as the two top levels of spiritual beings or forces or, or just like things that are shaping the world and history and and, uh, and existence in a sense, like in a the, in the broader sense. So this is, um, this is the beauty of Dionysius. So uh, we're going to end this episode here. So this is just a little, little taste of, or a little setup of like, the, the background for a different way of thinking about both this time period between 5600 to 11 1200s, and also how you can see what is drawing from the ancient Greeks and gradually in many of the church founders. We might also put in Gregory of Nyssa in this because he's also is often having a, kind of his main foot is in the more symbolic spiritual. But we also, as always on this podcast in itself, want to keep a balance of being on the secular and the intellectual and then gradually exploring these other areas. Uh, okay, so... That's um, all we had for this episode. Uh, so just want to say like one last time, if you want to engage with uh, other people who are listening or have some questions for me, you can just go to the Patreon page and get into the uh, group forum on Discord. And uh, we have more, already many great discussions there with Greg and Sean and with Dan, Dan as well. So... Uh, with that, as a final note, uh, we just want to say, as always, thank you for listening and have a great day and see you again soon here on the Ancient World Podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.